tonight, I, uh, one thing that uh, I have been doing in our, in our church is this. Uh, when I study scriptures, what I'm trying to get from scriptures, principles, principles to live by, nothing else. And uh, what I'm trying to present to you is not something, uh, theology, it's something that I'm trying or I have lived by. So it's something that I've experienced or something that I'm studying that is helping me in my relationship with God. And then I need to present that to you. And the same spirit of faith that's in the word will bring that to your heart and lift you up. There is no need hearing words that has nothing to do in the physical, in the natural, or in your Christian life. I have, in my Christian walk, started off uh, very uh, into uh, the way I feel and all of that, and that really pulled me down. I don't walk by what I see, by the grace of God. No feelings. I have feelings. I deal with God between me and him with my feelings, but I stay with the word. And talk to him so that he can talk back to me. So I know that whatever he's showing me is not just for me. It's for this congregation and for the world. I really believe that. So I see beyond the Ark Fellowship. Because of what God has spoken to my heart. And I believe that God started preparing me for the work since maybe early 80s. Probably 1980. When uh, at, the t- at that time, I was still very in doubt of so many things about Christianity because of all the things that I've been taught. You know what I mean? Some of them make sense. Some of them don't make sense. Some of them really drove me crazy, fearful. So I started searching on my own. Some of the things I'm going to be sharing with you today about demons. I talked about uh, angels. And I'm just not talking about angels to make you feel good. I want you to hear the word so that faith is developed in you so that you know that this thing, these spirits are there and they are working for you. And what that does, it leaves you without fear. It leaves you without fear. It, no concern. You deal with the day-to-day issues, but you know God is holding your back. And he is going to help you through whatever you're going through. So you don't do things that are not acceptable in his sight. Because you are trusting in him. Amen. And he can carry you. That's what it is. In 1980, God actually uh, threw me into a situation where I had to cast out a devil. I had never been in that situation before. I was praying for a girl who was, you know, my thing was to preach to her. I like to use scriptures. So I was showing her from scripture to scripture, what you're doing is not good. You need to quit. Something is not right. And I kept quoting scriptures at her. And she told me, well, I think something's wrong with me. I just don't know. Why don't you pray for me? And then I started praying. And all of a sudden, this demon manifested. This was in Claxton, Georgia. And I was far away from home uh, because this was a convert of mine from UGA. And uh, I knew she was in trouble and I was very concerned. I just left junior college to move to University of Georgia. I left her where I was in the junior college. And uh, I went back to visit. And that's the way the Spirit of God works. And somebody said something to me, positive, and I immediately knew something was wrong. Nobody told me. I knew something was wrong with her faith. Something was badly wrong with this girl. But what was spoken to me was very positive. She's a good Christian woman, I heard. But something said in my head, ah, evil here. Something is wrong. So I called her and I said, what's going on with you? And she thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. But the way I phrased what I, the question, she thought I knew what was going on with her. 
And she says, I got to talk to you. I'm in trouble. So I went, you know, trying to help her. You know, this was probably my first or second convert, probably this first convert in University of Georgia. And I was going to protect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Protect what God had given to me. I was going to fight. So I, all I knew was just to share with her, uh, you got to stop. And she said, something's wrong with me. I don't know why. I cry out to God. I pray to God. This thing's just terrible. And I said, well, she said, stop preaching at me. Just pray for me. So I said, well, I'm going to pray with you, but I was going to make her stop. You know what I mean? And then as I started praying, she started pulling her hair. And, you know, this air coming out from my mouth real fast. And she was doing all of that crazy stuff. And I'm saying, Lord Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, you all come and help me because I don't know what this is. <laughs> what am I going to do tonight? And so, you know, at that stage, I was a little bit, what is this? Why is she doing this? In other, again, I want, stop doing that, you know, kind of stuff. But it was a demon. And so finally realized it's a demon. There is no way to go a hundred miles to go get my pastor to come and help me with this trouble. There was nobody with me. I was alone. I had to do it. And I was a little scared. No, really, I was scared. So that was the first for me. So I started calling out, come out in the name of Jesus. Everything, you know, stomping. And really yelling, come out, come out. And, and she was looking at me. And I said, woman, you become really evil. <laughs> That's my head. And she said, come out, come out. I wasn't sure if it was going to come out. I was yelling so much. She was saying something, but I, I, I wasn't paying attention. All I was doing is God the Father, God the Son. <laughs> I need help. I need help. Yeah, look at you guys laughing. <laughs> I want to see you in that situation. See how what you do. So I was crying out, God, I, I need help. And I was yelling. And after a while, I decided, she's saying something. Let me listen. <sighs> and I heard this voice. I mean, she talked, <laughs> you know, with a high-pitched voice. That's normally. But she was talking almost like a man this time. And she was saying, uh, now that you want me to go to leave her, where do you want me to go? And I said, oh, my God, I'm in casting. I don't know where to send him. What, what would I do? Send him to the river? What, 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 where? And she had her eyes up just looking at me like that, and she won't quit. And she kept repeating the same thing. Now that you want me to leave her, where do you want me to go? And I said, well, go to the nearest river. <laughs> uh, and uh, she kept looking at She stopped talking, but was looking at me as if he was not willing to go. That scared me. So I yelled, go! In his big quiet. And then all of a sudden, she collapsed to the floor. And I went, Oof. thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she said, what happened? I said, well, I think uh, you have a demon. She says, what do I do now? I said, well, I don't know. I say, he's gone. I was totally confused by it. When I went back to college, you know, my college friends, some of them are ministers now, uh, they asked me, uh, Brother Goodluck, you saying you cast out a demon from this girl? I said, yeah, he spoke to me. But good luck. you told us she was converted. You told us she was saved. I said, yes. But now you're saying she had a demon. I said, look, I don't understand all of this stuff. Don't ask me questions. I, I can answer your questions. I'm telling you what I saw. 
you want me to bring her to you or whatever? No, they said no. <laughs> but um, later, God started teaching me more about this thing. Uh, in 1987, uh, I had a prophecy over me that I was going to be casting out a lot of devils. And um, I was still in Georgia then in Pastor Addison's church. I had a class I was teaching. And uh, <laughs> I had no, except for that one girl, I had never been in that situation. So I, uh, I taught the class. Mom and Papa were in the same class. I thought they were being nice to me because I was teacher. But I left uh, the end of 1987 and went back to Nigeria. And I had two ministries for the whole year, 1988. Helping people receive the Holy Spirit, which was easy for me because God taught me how to do that. And have a book out now, well written. Right? <laughs> that I'm going to publish to help people receive. But I could help 30 people at the same time receive the Holy Spirit. The pastors knew in town to bring uh, their new converts to me uh, for prayer. And then I started praying with people to get demons out of them. And uh, it was almost like a daily thing I did. I remember praying for a lady. One, she she was bad because I went, not a pastor then, I went to this village to minister. The village is called Abraka in uh, my country. And uh, she was a deacon, the deacon's wife. And um, I brought her over to come see with, be with me So because I knew it was a very bad situation. But uh, uh, I don't know what the girl is. But I think that time I was really crude. God showed me that the demon, there was a covenant between the woman, demon, and her hair. It may be strange to you. But I did a lot of praying. Nothing was working well. But finally I said, I think we prayed with her. Pastor Paul was with me. Some of you have met Pastor Paul. We prayed with her, and she lost aces for about three hours. She barked like a dog, a dog, and she will swirl around and do this and that. And uh, I don't know how I was much younger than I don't know how I handled that uh, because it should have frightened me if I thought about it because she seemed she lost her mind for about three hours and uh, finally I told Paul leave him leave her alone you stir up the demons let her calm down and then we can talk to her because she said a lot of things and so I knew she had a covenant with her hair and this particular demon and I figured I needed to cut her hair off I did it the crude way <laughs> I cut her hair off, and then we can get rid of the demon. But she's married. Her husband wasn't around, so I sent her back to her husband. Tell your husband, uh, give me permission to cut your hair, and, and we'll, get, we'll do it. She said, yeah. Sent her back and said, yes, you can do that. We cut off her hair, and we had victory. I've had situations where uh, a particular girl got freed from demons, but I knew from the start... I told her, lady, you want deliverance? I cut that hair, otherwise I'm not going to do it. She said, I've been several places, about five different places. No one could help me because nobody knew about the hair situation. We had a child call from Georgia as well. She was dealing with somebody that was with her hair. She said, should I cut her hair? Her hair off. I said, no, I know better now. Just anoint her hair with oil and then cast the demon out. And that's what she did, and she was free. So, I'm saying all of this to let you know, I know what I'm talking about. To some extent, you never knew everything. <laughs> but I'm going to share with you over the series of messages about this. Christians need to know. You need to know when a demon may be taking over your life slowly. You need to know when there is a demon that's slowing you down with regards to understanding the things of God. That's why people keep going back and forth. You need to understand some of these things. How it is possible for demons to make you sick. Or let me use the word sickly. Yes. 
And you think it's normal, but it's a demon behind it that's making you sickly. And the medicines will work because they work on your flesh and give you, and I'm going to be talking more about this, and give you a little bit of relief, but you don't treat a demon. They are affecting your flesh. So your flesh gets better, okay? But then once that wears up, they back out again with it. And so we see how Jesus dealt with some of these things. They can affect your finances. They can affect your future. They can affect how you understand scriptures. Your understanding of the things of God. The way you act, the behavior, maybe anger, all of these things. These things are very important. They can stop you from getting pregnant. All of these things are important. We need to know these things so that we recognize them and seek deliverance and be free. Amen? So I'm going to be talking about some of the things that will help us recognize. Maybe I have prayed, but there is a demonic force behind this. And can be, I can be free from this. Sometimes he's being from, from of old, maybe from going from generation to and generation, and we call that a curse. Now, what's really happening in that case is there is a demon, we call some of these familiar spirits, and you know of people who tell you, well, uh, I lived so many number of times, you know, and this is me, I used to be this person, and all of that. What it is, is a familiar spirit that lived in somebody that had died. And they lived with that person all their life. I have all the information about the person that's gone on, and they pass on the information to this new person, and the person really believes that they are that person that died. They don't talk to a lot of people about it, because you are now the normal people with you crazy. But in their mind, they know that. And guess what? He keeps them bound. They can never be free. Unless the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, comes to them and is revealed to them. Sometimes, if, if you are in a service and every time you get to pray and your chest... I'm going to be very graphic, okay? It, it seems like your chest always tight or something like that. Or when you come close to the... Uh, presence of God, you're feeling kind of a little bit uncomfortable before you become comfortable, check it out. Check it out. Because slowly you just don't want to be in the house of God. And you don't know why. And when you leave the house of God, you feel better. Sometimes it's leaving the church where you are to go to a place. Because you're uncomfortable. You come up with a reason. Okay? So to go somewhere, but what comes to you then is devastation. They got you where they want you. You have a chance of being free where you are. So you see all of these things going, and I went with, I went to, can I talk to you? Real, real. Now, I went with a, a, a fellow from here to Nigeria with me. The last time we went, it was mainly, we were mixing everything, medicine and uh, ministry. But this was only ministry. I think his name is Mel. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. He went with me and he saw the demonic manifestation. We taught them how to get rid of the demons. He was doing it. Everybody was doing it. And he pulled me aside. He said, good luck. I think some of the things we see in the United States is suspect. I said, we, don't, we didn't have this conversation, okay? <laughs> because some of the things we think is okay here, over there, they see it differently. And we're dealing with it in the natural to help people. That's why I have moved away from all of that stuff. You need to know the word. Because all of this, some of these things are nuts. I mean, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to grow spiritually unless you come off of that and stand in God's word that gives you strength inside your heart towards God and what God is doing in your life. We discussed about that. He, I told him, yeah, sometimes I see it in church and I just look the other way. Because if you try to say things to people, they'll think, where is he coming from? I never used to even say a thing to most Americans because in those days they were really skeptical uh, about some of these uh, things. But God has brought these things to the forefront. So Americans are more aware of them now and uh, it's easier to talk about it. I think for the first few years, I just kept things to myself. Because I tried talking to a brother, he laughed. Like, what are you talking about? You're insane. You lost your mind or something like that. So you hold those information in. 
But we Christians need to know now. Know this. Demons have not just disappeared out of the earth. Huh? They just stopped. They haven't disappeared. The Jews knew much about demons. Even foreigners that lived among the Jews knew about demons. Think about it. These were people that were trying to live a godly life before God, right? And this woman went to Jesus and she says, A spirit is my daughter. How did she know that? The daughter was sick, but she knew what the problem was. She didn't take the daughter to a doctor. She said it was a spirit, right? Get the spirit off. What we would do today? Give them Tylenol. Give them something to drink. And I'm not knocking that. That's good. But they knew. They knew when it was a blind spirit. You understand what I'm saying? They knew that. They, they called Jesus, come and cast the spirit away so that my daughter will be healed. We don't know any of those type of things. You know, all we do, everything is in, for Christians in the natural. And that's what we need to come out of because we are not just natural beings. When you have been born again, your spirit I, I, I don't know when, maybe next Sunday, uh, no, Sunday after, because uh, Paul Ridgway is coming. You need to be here with Paul Ridgway. He's going to be teaching on evangelism. Uh, I think our church needs that. That's why I'm bringing it. So we have a broad, real broad spectrum about what this is all about. Not one perspective, but everything, the evangelist. But you need to recognize who you are and where you are. It's so important to know where you are. I found this in one of Jesus' statements. Then I got a good bit of understanding where he thought he was and how he operated. And the Sunday after this next, I'm going to be sharing that with you. I think there's something important in that one statement. It gave you an insight, a revelation as to who we are in Christ. So we really need to know these things practical things that can free people and and help put you on your way to knowing god that doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted that doesn't mean you're not going to have difficulties that doesn't mean uh, you won't have troubles but at least you know that god is with you and you have authority and you don't have to be afraid god is with you sometimes it can appear in the form of you know doctrine you know, when, when people have doctrines and it's leaning one way or the other, and I've heard this in Nigeria and over here too, it starts very little. And it's, it's, it's a seducing spirit. And most people are not aware of it. You feel really good about this thing, but it's not from God. And before long, you're taken. And it's, it, once you get into these things, because you are dealing with a demon, and we're going to come into that, it's really hard. To recover, I've dealt with people that have been in situations where they've been taught differently, just like I was in my early part of my life. For three years, I, uh, for two years or so, I had very bad teachings. Angela saw the man that uh, was teaching all this crazy stuff. And even though I knew, he took me years to get away from it. Years. I actually fasted one time seven days. Hardly drinking water because of the oppression I was feeling because of bad teachings. And I told God, I, I have to be free. And, and, and if I mention those things to you, you'll think, what's wrong with that? But once you receive something, you have opened the door and access for the enemy to come in. And now to free yourself takes a lot of battle. I fasted seven days. I was crying out to God. When I left the room, I, my, this was again in Pastor Addison's church, the beginning of my, my understanding and trying to work with God in ministry. I've always been a minister. They used to tell me, you're running away from the call of God, but I didn't have a specific call to do anything. But I enjoyed working with people. But that started after that seven days. I told God, I got to be free. 
all of these years, I followed you, but there's still something there I can't put my hand on that's holding me back. I can't understand scriptures. I can't speak to people. I've been a Christian for some time. I'm timid about helping people. I'm still a baby just sitting in this, you know, in the pew constantly, getting older in Christ, but can't help anybody. I said, God, something is wrong. What is it? So I, I fasted seven days, calling out to God and rebuking those demons. And whatever it was, I knew it had something to do with my teach, the teachings I got from my pastor. So I started saying, God, all of it. And from all the way back to when I was born, everywhere I'd been, before voodoo doctor, I confessed everything. I started speaking to those demons and telling them to leave me. I coughed and hacked and whatever. It's true. But I had already been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm being very forthright with you. I knew I had been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I had stopped speaking in tongues because I had so much fear. Some Christians stop speaking in tongues. You know why? There's fear and doubt in them. Guess what's the result? Why is that is? A demon. A demon. You feel with the Holy Spirit. How come you can't pray 10 minutes in tongues? You just talk about being fear. You, you know, if you're really true to yourself, you know you got some fears. And if it's not, you got some doubts. Don't deceive yourself. You got some doubt. If you don't, you'll pray in tongues for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So I wouldn't do it because I was afraid. I, I couldn't tell what was there. <laughs> but after that, 10 days, when I left that room, it felt like somebody took a two-by-four and walked me real good for seven days. I felt so tired, worn out. When I got back to my friends, one Greg Clinton, Ronnie, who is the pastor of the church of uh, Pastor, Ad pastor Addison's church in Georgia, they asked me, good luck. You spent seven days fasting and all that. I said, yeah. Did God speak to you? I said, absolutely not. They said, well, how do you feel? I said, I felt like somebody beat me up real good. <laughs> I didn't feel anything. It felt really bad. I felt really horrible. But all the feelings began to wear off. Amen? With time, the bad feelings and all of that started wearing off. And then all of a sudden, I started having confidence. Amen? I started questioning things I was hearing. I started questioning this issue about seeking the Holy Spirit. You know that? Let's seek God and seek the Holy Spirit. And I, I come up with things in my head. Well, who is lost? The Holy Spirit or you? Why do you have to seek him? <laughs> He's not lost. <laughs> He's seeking you, I said to myself. And then God started teaching me things. But as long as those things were in my life, it was hard to learn, learn things about God. It's very difficult. I was constantly afraid of false teachings, you know, you know, false teachings, false teachings. I need this and I need that. I need that. I need to go here. Oh, those people speak hyperfit movement. I don't want that. I mean, I mean, you heard that. Hey, stay away from all of that. I don't care what you preach now. Go and listen to you. If it doesn't make sense, I won't come back. <laughs> Your demon is not going to come with me. I know what the word says. Amen. I'll go anywhere. There's no fear of anything. But you got to deal with these forces. Amen? Got to deal with these forces. That's introduction, right? <laughs> but let me let you know this. Demons are wicked, hateful, destructive, harmful spirits. The hatred they have for you is, let me use the word bitter. It's very strong. The reason is you look to them. God has no enemy. You look and were made in the image of the one that they consider the greatest enemy. That's God. You look just like him. You were created in his likeness. They can't reach him. They can't hurt him. But they know that he loves you dearly. And they know if harm comes to you, he'll hurt him. Hmm? So they want to hurt you. 
They don't care how you feel. They'll take your whole family if you let if they can come in. They'll they'll wipe you out just to reach him, to get to him. They are spirits, just like angels. They were created just like angels. They are personalities. You can't see them, but they can see you. Just like angels. There are so many in the world. There are so many. I believe you have more demons than people in the world. One person can carry several demons in them. One person. And yet you have enough to go around for everybody. There are so many in the world. They were created with power. God created them with power. Their power is somewhat diminished today because they are no longer in the place where they were. They are in darkness now. They were in the light before. What they have now is darkness. Let me show you how to know their nature. The best way to know the nature of these demonic forces is to look at what the the Bible calls them. Demons and Satan. If you look at the names, their names and what the Bible calls them, that will tell you somewhat what these spirits are like. The Bible calls the devil the wicked one. Not a wicked one. He is the wicked one. So, if he's going to manifest himself and act himself, what would you get? Wickedness. That's who he is. Don't know anything else. God is love. He is hate. He's called the father of lies. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. So if, 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 if you're going through something, you're seeking God, and something is speaking to your mind and telling you uh, that God is not in it and making you to be fretful, guess where the truth is? The other side. <laughs> you can comfortably go to the other side. I was watching a movie. You remember Sergeant York? Uh, some of you are too young, too. <laughs> and... and um, they were fighting with, uh, I think, the Japanese or so. And he captured a few Japanese and was trying to get direction from them as to where to go to find the Americans. And so he talked to the Japanese, the, the, the uh, commander of the Japanese and said, where can I go to find Americans? The Japanese man looked at him and said, this way. And he said, we are going this way. <laughs> And they went the other way and found the Americans. What I'm saying is, if the devil tells you something, the opposite is the truth. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. If he's telling you you're sick, guess what? You're really well. If he's telling you you're broke, guess what? You're really wealthy. That's not the truth. Jesus said he cannot tell truth. That's the essence of Satan. He is a liar. And you can see that manifest in people too. Some people can't tell the truth. Yeah, I mean, it's just constant. It comes out like that. If you catch them in one, they give you another one. And they give you, it just keeps coming. And you wonder, boy, boy, is he kid? How is he getting all of this? And they can tell you stories and stories. And it's all lies. Guess who is living in them? The wicked one. He's called the deceiver. He's also called the murderer. Jesus said he's the murderer. He's a thief. He's called the devil. You know what that word means? Devil? Accuser. Slanderer. Many times you see in church. <laughs> since I've been a pastor, it's been real fun. Because we see things <laughs> that uh, I have been a, uh, a member more than I've been a pastor. So <laughs> I know what being a member is. That's where I'm comfortable, you know. But since we become pastors, I've seen a lot of funny stuff, you know. Sometimes it's funny. You, you, 
you just don't know how people are like you know um just they say things slander they find something they don't like it is no truth in it what's going on and they're trying to slander somebody it shouldn't be that way it shouldn't be that way accuser the slander a slanderer and a defamer you know it just bring you down to nothing you know they they, they, they want to do that's what the devil wants to do that's the meaning of the word devil a defamer an accuser, a slanderer. Jesus called him the enemy. And the Bible tells us he's the enemy. He's likened to a roaring lion. He's not a lion, but he's likened to a roaring lion. In other words, that's the way he comes at you when he's trying to do his work. The Bible also referred to demons as scorpions. You know that, scorpions, uh, serpents. But another word is unclean spirit. Unclean spirit. The word unclean means unruly. Have you been around on some people who are really unruly? They're yelling and screaming. Their cars at home. It's just unruly. Jesus was in a place and somebody yelled. He says the person has an unclean spirit and the person yelled out during the service. That's an unruly spirit, an unclean spirit. The unclean spirit and evil spirit the bible also calls them evil spirits now in revelation chapter 20 verse 2 we have uh, serious names like the dragon that's the devil the dragon that old serpent in second corinthians 11 verse 3 he is called the corrupter of minds the corrupter of minds that's why the bible says renew your mind and, and the church needs to be very uh, uh, aware of this because you need to watch how you hear you need to watch how you hear there are people that just you just being around them just a few words your mind is corrupt you're defiled yeah i like to stay away from them i like to stay away from them Pastor Andy and I, we've talked about it here. We really, it doesn't bother me because I know what's going on and I leave things to the Lord. But uh, ladies need to be very careful. Ladies. In some, some circles, I'm a little concerned when ladies gather around, and I'm being very frank. With two or three ladies, it seems like what comes out of it is always destructive. Not always, but sometimes it seems destructive because they come out together for a good purpose and it ends up being evil. Now, what happens in my experience is usually just one person who is a defamer or a corrupter of minds the enemy is using and they have just one thing that those injecting, if you bite it, you're going down with them. And I've seen them, they sometimes they walk away from the church. I know what's going on. It takes only God's grace to bring them back. To him, my joy is let them serve God wherever God sends them to go. It's no big deal for me. God has those that he wants to be with me. That's the way he wants it. That's fine. But sometimes that thing never, in most cases, the people suffer. And you can do anything about it. Because it's, a, it's a, a corrupt spirit, a defiled spirit that corrupts the mind. By bringing these things, it's just a little complaint here, and they slip it in. But they're trying to win you. I call them uh, Satan's evangelists. <laughs> Satan's evangelists. Corrupter of minds. Corrupter of minds. They come and inject a thing to you, maybe about somebody in the church, uh, one pastor in the church and you hear those words and your mind goes oh really <laughs> that really if you're not careful sometimes if you really investigate there's no truth in it but you receive that really you're going down that's why paul says don't company with people who walk disorderly we don't obey those words sometimes he says don't even eat with them we think, oh, I'm not going to do that. That's me. When God tells you not to do something, 
you better obey. Because he knows what he's talking about. My Christian walk, I stay away from people like that. You understand what I'm saying? Once they go into this complaining and all of that, I don't talk to them. My life and my wife's life in the, at the worship center, uh, we came in and we went out. <laughs> we didn't mix too much. My, uh, and Pastor Andy was my good friend because he spoke the words I wanted to hear. Amen? But once I get in the group of people who question everything, I stay away from them because it's not going to help me. We're not running a group race. I'm being very frank with you. We're not running a group race. It's an individual race. So we need to be very careful. We need to be very careful because how does Satan get to you through words? Once they say a word to you and you consider it, that's how people are lured into false teachings. And he's trying to gain entrance into your life. And once you receive it, just like you receive the words of Jesus, you open yourself up. Do you see Jesus when he comes into your heart? Your heart? No. The same thing. The demons have an access. They come in and your whole thinking is changed. The way to find out is how do you end up? If he's drawing you away from God, you got a bad spirit. Go back so that you can be healed. These things are very important. These things are very important. They are very subtle. And it's happening in the church. When I listen to even the big ministers, it's happening everywhere. Who is behind it? The devil. He says, trying to destroy God's people. That's why we're teaching on this, so that people can understand and protect your life. We are not running a group race. It's an individual race. You see, I can be free to share with people because my desire is to do what God calls me, called me to do. Not what somebody wants me to do. Amen. You stay with what God calls you to do. So there are corruptors. He's called the tempter. The prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 2 verse 2. John 14 verse 30. He is called the prince of this world. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. The Bible calls him the God of this world. Now, you need to understand that. Satan is not the God in, the ter- in terms of God that created the world. But he is the prince of this world. In other words, the system of the world and the control of what's happening in the world has been delivered to him. He said that to Jesus. He said, all of these things that you see... I can give them to you because it has been delivered to me. Notice Jesus didn't argue with him. No, your liar. Who delivered it to you? Because he was right. Adam delivered the authority and things of the world, the authority of the things of the world to him. But he is the prince of the world. In other words, he's ruling and governing what's happening in the world. But the world itself, because God created the world, he still belongs to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Satan didn't create the world. But what's the world system, uh, whether it's the banking system, the economy, that's why we keep telling you, if the economy is going down, start thinking up. Because the world system is going down, that's Satan's system. We're part of it because we live in the world, but we are also part of the kingdom of God. So switch your mind and begin to think about God's kingdom. When they had famine in the days of of, uh, Jacob uh, and Abraham, especially Isaac, uh, they were having famine. He was getting rich. They had famine and God brought Joseph up. Amen. Abraham became rich out of farming. So this world system can go down, but God has his own system. He's called the kingdom of God. He's called the kingdom of God. So we need to recognize that in Psalm 24 verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's. Even though God allows, Satan is the God of this world, but God says the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. All the good is in the world is God. Satan may have a little authority that Adam gave to him because God has left the earth for man, but he is really not God over the world. 
It says the world and those who dwell in, in therein, everything. He is the God of all, including demons and Satan over here. He is God over them all. Amen. He is still Lord. Now, the problem with Satan is he left the place that God created him to be. I never saw that, but it made a lot of difference to me, and I need to share this with you tonight. It's so important. God has seasons, and I think it's freedom for me too. God has seasons. He places you in a place. Sometimes the season is for life because that's, he has a thing for you to do there. Amen? That's your season. A lifetime season. Uh, I can be at the, the uh, Ark Fellowship. It could be for my lifetime. I don't know. But if God has something else for me, he's going to make me know when the time comes, the season is over. You better leave. If you resist it, you're going to pay the price. Do you know that? You will pay the price. You do what he asks you to do. Where he wants you to be, that's where you're going to be blessed. You're not going to die. Things will just get really rough. But if he wants you to be in a place, you have to be there. If he's wanting you out, you'll know. Somehow, deep inside of you, you will know the season is over. Use wisdom and go. So, we, Angela and I, we re- recognize that now. It's a season. Amen? It don't bother me if God's calling you somewhere else. He has some other person for another season. Amen? No, we're not trying to grow, have a club, you know. It's, it's to, to minister to people. It's very important. So, no bad if you have to go. We'll celebrate what you think God's going to do in your life. But be sure God is the one asking you to go. If not... It won't work well for you. It's going to be really hard. This is a principle here. I go back to the word principle. You need to learn that. Don't just move and go. A lot of Christians do that. If you're really serious with God, you won't do things like that. Talk to Him first. Don't let offense move you. Reconcile. When He's telling you to go, that's when to go. Because if you do without him wanting you to leave or he wants you there, you're going with chains. And you're going to pay the price. You see, God is consistent in all of his ways, right? Let me read the scripture to you. So you know where I'm coming from. In Jude 1 verse 6, and he's talking about demons. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode he has reserved in what? Everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Why? Because they left where they were supposed to be, right? They left. I got my lesson from that. When God asks you to do something, stay there. It may not be fun for you for a while. But when the time comes, he's going to let you know. When he tells you to leave, that's when to leave. Do live with as much peace as you can create possible. You know, someone I'm saying, don't stay up anything much. A lot of Christians have suffered staring up things. I don't mind if God tells you to leave, it's fine. I hope he's not telling you that now, okay? <laughs> But I've come to accept that. He gives me seasons with people. And sometimes the season ends and it ends really bad, which is not what we want, okay? We want it to end properly. Uh, And that's because the enemy came in. But he should be God. But let me let you know this. Whenever you listen to the enemy, and he's the one that lures you out because of some kind of offense or anything that you allowed, guess what goes along with you? Those same chains that he has with him. Okay? You got these chains on you too. And it could cause you a lot of trouble. Sometimes there's a lot of devastation and God may have mercy and brought you, bring you back. How many of you remember Naomi? Remember Naomi? It's very important. 
God made it clear. God brought salvation later. He turned something good out of it. But the woman suffered. She was not supposed to go. You know that? She left where God wanted her to be. She went somewhere else and paid the price. Lost her husband. Lost her two sons. Thank God for Ruth. That was his salvation. Because Ruth was willing to go where God wanted her to stay. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Don't move. Unless God's telling you to. Not just your desire. Pray about it. Don't ever move because of offense. God may have allowed the offense so you can walk through it and make you stronger a minister for him. He has a bigger plan. You know what I know of people? I know Brother Ennis is not going to try to offend me deliberately. But he might. Okay? But he didn't really want to hurt me. But there are people who want to hurt somebody. It's a revenge thing. Uh-huh. Because you've already done something and they want to go back. But generally, people don't do that. Especially Christians. You know, I have a lot of faith in Christians. A lot of faith. They don't do that. It's trouble that's come. So you can forgive and you can let go. But once you take the other turn, guess what? You have allowed the enemy. And you are going to hurt. And to get out of it is sometimes not easy. It's not easy. It will devastate your life, devastate your finances, everything. And then finally you return like Naomi. (laughs) You don't want that. Amen? These are demonic forces that are at work. But they left where God created for them and rebelled. And they left that place and God kept them in chains till today. That's a very good thing. Okay? So, uh, for the devils now. You know why it's good? When they come into your home and they are manifesting themselves, he said, remind him, are you not supposed to be in chains? What's your problem? <laughs> You're supposed to be in chains. You got no room here. Did you get out of your chains? You remind the enemy. You talk back to them. I've learned to talk back to them. Not to make conversation. I don't go telling them, what's your name? Where did you come from? I don't do all of that. But if they challenge my authority, I challenge back. I talk back. I was praying for a lady uh, in Houston. I shared this in church here before, uh, around the Astrodome area, around the Astrodome area. And I was trying to let, help her understand things from the scripture. And um, I wasn't saying anything about casting out any devil. I hadn't talked to her about casting out the spirit. We were just talking. Nobody said anything about casting out spirit. And all of a sudden, she looked at me and said, uh, you can cast me out. You don't have the power. And I went, huh? <laughs> Who is talking about casting anything out? We're not there yet. And she looked at me and she, w- she wouldn't blink. She just was looking at me straight. So I said to her, I got to tell, her, tell this spirit who is in authority here. Amen. So I said to the spirit, well, I know uh, I can't fight with you. I know that. I don't have the power uh, to cast you out. But Jesus is giving me the authority. And I have the authority to cast you out. And I will. Who are you? And she snapped back and said, Oh, okay. Back to the scriptures. We went and went through our discussion before we dealt with the devil. Amen. But I got to put him in his place. But that's how we deal with it. No fear of it. You can deal with them. The Bible tells us in uh, Psalm 115 verse 16. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. That has a lot of implication. I'll tell you why. We'll go deeply into this later. The earth has be- it belongs to us. You have to be flesh and blood to operate on this planet. You have to be. God is God overall. He can do some things as God, usually judgment. He'll come down and judge. Or do something to make men change their mind and then he accomplishes his purpose. That's the way it works. I mean, if you remember the Tower of Babel, 
did God like that? Could he stop it? No, he couldn't. He said, they proposed to do this. Nobody's going to be able to stop them. How did he stop them? He changed their language. So they, they are confused. That's the tactic he used to do it. May God help us, okay? <laughs> he changed the language. So they have a way to manipulate us to make us do what, what, you know, for positive, that's for God. And then Satan, he does that. He entices you to do something to give him room so he can walk through you. But to operate on the earth, you have to be a man. You have to be a man. God needs a man to walk with, and that's you. The devil also needs men to work with. And the only way they get to you is to persuade you that you need them. God will persuade you through the gospel, you need me. If you don't, you're going to die. Things are going to be bad for you. Receive Jesus. He died for your sins. I need you to reach these people. And then you say, Lord Jesus, right? Come into my heart. I don't want to go to hell, right? <laughs> and then after he's gotten in, he said, now, we, you're okay now. Let me use you to get other people. Satan does the same thing. That's why I call Satan's evangelist. Okay? He gets to them, and he convinces them, and they open up. And then he begins to walk through them. They are flesh and blood, but guess who's behind it? Is the enemy and is walking through them. And uh, I'm going to close tonight because I've gone real late. <laughs> Am I okay, Mama? She says, Don't call me Mama, but that's all I've been calling her. <laughs> uh, what's the time now? Oh, gosh, excuse me. All right. <laughs> Not in the church of God. <laughs> no. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and uh, quit there. But you need to understand there is a fight going on and it's a fight of words. They're trying to persuade you through the gospel or satanic words to help you, to make you open up yourself so that they can come. God says he looked for a man, right? To bridge the gap. And he says, I found none. So he himself came down. He brought salvation. Jesus came down to us. That's why Jesus referred to himself. If you read the scriptures, he used to bother me. I thought he was son of God. Why does he keep referring to himself as son of man? Son of man. The son of man has authority on the earth. You remember that word? The son of man has authority on the earth. What he's saying, I'm a man, a real man, and I have the right to operate right here, and nobody's going to stop me. That's what Jesus was saying. He's a real man. But Satan also is looking for a man. One day he's going to find one. And he's going to enter that man. That man is going to be called what? The Antichrist. He needs a man. He can't just operate. He needs one man. Who is going to agree with him. So that's why we're teaching this. Okay? So that you know not to go where the enemy can uh, uh, hold, get a hold of your life. And make you his instrument. Because when he's through with you, he dumps you, and then all that's left from God for you is eternal death. And which is not what we want. Amen? Thank you all for being so patient with me. And <laughs> I went through time. But just stand up with me. Uh, next week, I'm in a, uh, next week, yes, I'm going to continue with this. And um, by the time we're through, I'm going to be sharing with you some of the things I share with people that go with me overseas uh, to do ministry, how to, to, to deal with demons and to cast them out. Uh, I don't know everything. I will only share with you my experience and what I believe the Lord has shown me. And then maybe God has shown you something. If that, you can share with me. Uh, but I, I, we have to learn. Amen? Uh, let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight and uh, give him thanks. Father, we thank you for your word, the revelation of your word. As you minister to us and as you open our eyes to the nature of the enemy that we have and the knowledge of the fact that 
he really can do nothing to us because we are sons and daughters of the living God. We are not of, not of this world. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We belong to another kingdom. He is not our God. He is the God of this world. And we are not of this world. He has no authority over our lives, over our children, over our families, over our properties. He has no authority over anything that we have from you. We thank you for that, Father. Open our eyes so that we can see and understand in your word, your goodness and your mercy on us and the authority that you've given to us. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.